Good morning, everybody. It is great to be together. Wasn't that singing amazing? Let's give it up for our worship team. What a great job every week. And I want to thank uh, my dear sister, Annette Allen, for welcoming us so smoothly. And if that wasn't enough, the Wu-Tang Clan took us to the cross. <laughs> Lee and Lovely Tang, what a blessing you've been uh, here to New Jersey. Thank you so, so much. Uh, you know, it is great to be together. Um, if you are visiting, uh, my name is Russ Murdoch. I serve as one of the evangelists here in the Garden State Church, along with my wife, Sari, who's a women's ministry leader. And, uh, you know, we love New Jersey. This is uh, not just church. This is family. This is where we've been. Uh, I was, you know, talking to someone the other day, and I, you know, I was like, wow, I've been here uh, 32 years. Like, you know, I was only home from, you know, zero to 18, and and now I've been here, you know, almost twice as long. And, and it's like, wow. And, you know, sometimes you can, you know, you can forget uh, life is moving. Time is moving. And uh, as you get older, it seems like it gets faster. So you want to, like, enjoy things. You know what I'm saying? You know, I took my cousin out the other day. For, for lunch and he's like why I said because we need to celebrate more so I'm celebrating you by taking you to lunch he's like okay you know it's been encouraging seeing God work uh, recently we had a couple that have been engaged and preparing to get married here in the next few months I want to ask Telly and Hawa to stand on up. If you didn't know, there they go. There they are. Yeah, he put a ring on it. Come on. Cannot wait for that day. And I understand today there's a young man named Daniel Thomas, who is a senior at Montclair State University who will be making Jesus Lord of his life, and he's going to be getting baptized today. Congratulations. Now, he's got a little extra smile on his face because he's an Eagles fan. Yeah, I don't want to start any division in the church. I'm just stating facts because we all know it's all about the black and gold. But on a serious note, you know, over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about our view of God, okay? Because one thing that I've learned is that how you see something determines what you ultimately do. If you see something negatively, 
then you can be defensive, you can be put off, you can, you can be offended. But if you see it as an opportunity, then you step forward and you walk through the door because you realize this bad thing could actually be something good in disguise. How or what view of Jesus do you have? Is he the nice guy saying things fit for a Hallmark card? Is he the really docile, sweet, kind, cuddly guy that just wants to hug you and embrace you and just, you know, love up on you and say things that uh, you don't even understand? Is he a drill sergeant? who's trying to keep you in line and looking at your every issue. See, what view of Jesus do you personally have? Because what I want to do is I want to help us have a healthy biblical view of Jesus that helps us in our lives. And so this morning, I'm going to talk about Jesus. Jesus the conqueror of darkness. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 1. And we're going to, I'm going to throw out, you know, quite a few scriptures. Um, and you can write them down, whatever. But the conqueror of darkness. Because if you understand what that means and who he is in that way, it changes everything. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much that we have you. That you, not only are Lord Almighty, but that you're, you're a conqueror. And Father, we thank you so much that everything was made through Jesus. That anything we're impressed with, he had something to do with it. I pray, God, this morning that we can understand and see him as a conqueror of darkness. And whatever form of darkness we're facing, I pray that we can learn and understand that not only has he conquered it, but that it's only through him that we can truly have the victory. We love you and thank you and pray all this in your son's name. Amen. You know, I found this image and I thought, you know, I don't see Jesus this way. Riding on the white horse with the sword and, you know, he's just, rah, you know. I don't see Jesus that way. This word conquer is a, is a, descript, a description of, but rarely used to define Jesus. And the word conquer means to defeat an enemy or take control or possession of a foreign land. In this sense, in that sense, Jesus comes 
as the light to conquer a world filled with darkness. Everything he does, every person he heals, and everyone he rescues from darkness or from the darkness of a soul without God is him conquering the darkness. You with me? See, regardless of how bad things might seem or how bad things could get, with Jesus, there is always hope. Are you with me, church? With Jesus, there's always hope. You know, sometimes we, unfortunately, we look at people way too much. And then when people are people and they fail us like people can do, we lose hope. You're supposed to. You, you don't do that. You don't say that. You're not. So, and, and we end up, un, you know, discouraged or, or, or disappointed, forgetting that people aren't Jesus. They're trying to follow Jesus. They're trying to be like Jesus. But people aren't Jesus. The king of kings. You know, imagine every morning waking up and you have this image of bowing down and praying to the conqueror of darkness. And like him, you're going to get on that horse. <laughs> you're going to grab that sword and you're going at it today. You're going at it with whatever that form of darkness is in your life, whether it's depression, whether it's negative thinking, whether it's that habitual sin, whether it's lying, deceit, immorality, whatever that form of darkness is, you prepare yourself and you get on that horse and you're going to walk with the king of kings. You know, it is so encouraging when you, you, you know, like I said, you, you have a, 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 a mind change, a shift, because you've just seen it one way for a certain period of time. And then the scales fall off and you're like, oh, that's actually doable. Or I never saw it that way. Or I never had that perspective or that experience. You know, I, I love, you know, let, uh, as uh, Lovely was sharing about becoming a Christian and, and learning and, and seeing uh, and hearing this good news about Jesus and how it literally changed her life. But then to look back 18, 20 years and say, wow, look at what's happened. You know, I and I've said this before. You know, my view of marriage was was not very healthy growing up. And I think I'd only been to one wedding um up until uh I was, you know, in college. And uh I was uh I was 
you know, clowning with, with my, my dear brother, Will Mason, one day. I said, you know, uh, your wedding was the first wedding that I was ever in. And uh, I said, thank the Lord uh, that, you know, some disciples had, they were going to the wedding. I was at the bus stop with my suit hanging there waiting to get on the bus to go to Will's wedding. And if they hadn't seen me and stopped, I would not have made it. And I was one of the groomsmen. And I said, boy, I've come a long way. <laughs> but, but I've also learned marriage does work. There is hope. It, it, it doesn't have to be some disaster. But I've only learned that from seeing what happens when people really follow Jesus. It, it can really work. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Verse 16 through 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send him, his son, into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Verse 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. You know, one of the things that our world is really good at is creating darkness. You know, Darkness can be defined as, as sin. Also, ignorance. Ignorance to truth. Ignorance to reality. Darkness can be uh, defined as fear of truth, rebellion against truth. However you want to define it, Jesus came and conquered darkness to show you and I the way out. You know, if you're here this morning and you're living in darkness or you're hiding, you're playing hide and seek, right? You're hiding behind whatever. Why? You know, there's another scripture in John where the Bible says Jesus knows everything about everybody, about even now what you're actually thinking. Okay, come from what you got to get at Costco for a minute. Stay with me. He knows us. Could you imagine if you lived 
with that kind of understanding. Hey, God knows. So why should I act like I can like fool him? Instead, I'm going to live like the truth is the truth. <laughs> and I'm not going to try to fake it. I'm not going to try to put on an image or put on a show or, you know, you know, look, young man asked me this morning, hey, Ross, how you doing? I said, do you really want to know? And he was like, mm, he's counting the cost. So I went over and sat down. I said, you know what? I said, it's been a tough week, man. I said, one of my friends is dying. I saw him yesterday. I said, I cried and cried and cried before I went in to see him. Because I know what I was going to see. Because I've seen that before. And I don't like going through that. And uh, I said, but you know what? He just encouraged my socks off. He's full of faith. And you know what he kept asking me? How you doing? How's Sari? How's Blair? How's Mason? How's the church? You good, Russ? You still, you still in the battle? You, you know, and you know, when somebody's <laughs> dealing with cancer in their body and they're asking you about you, you understand how heroic that is? Sometimes when we're in pain or suffering, we ain't concerned about nobody but us. We are really inward focused. And to be around somebody who is dealing with darkness, but is determined to keep the perspective of Jesus. I'm trying to meet your need. It just, it, it was encouraging. See, Jesus helps us overcome darkness. In whatever way or form that is. But it's because people have decided to make him their Lord. He's their focus. He's what's moving and motivating them. For Christ's love compels us that we no longer live for ourselves. When you're around people like that, it's inspiring. And if you're not that kind of person, boy, you, you, you want to imitate that. Because there's something bigger, deeper going on inside that you want. Because that's a light. That's inspiring. That's what it means to walk with Jesus. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 12. Let's keep going here. See, when you're set free, you're set free to not think and, and, and focus on yourself. You're set free to, to help others. John chapter 12, verse 37. It says, even after Jesus had performed so many signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah, the prophet. Lord, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? 
for this reason, they could not believe because Isaiah says elsewhere, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts. So they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts nor turn and I would heal them. Verse 41, Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus's glory and spoke about him. Yet at the same time, many, even among the leaders, believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than praise from God. Verse 44. Then Jesus cried out, whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Are you with me, church? See, when you're with Jesus, you're not in darkness. You don't live in darkness. You may experience darkness, but you don't stay in darkness because there's something inside of you that's bright. It's hopeful. That's real. It's not religious. It's real. And so you can face the world and face the challenges with hope, knowing it may not go the way I'd like it, but I know I'm loved. I know I got a place prepared for me. I know there's a plan, and it's not to harm me, but to give me hope in the future. Can you think of ways, maybe right now, Jesus wants to set you free from the darkness surrounding you. What, 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 what does he want to set you free from? Or maybe you've been set free. Think about how he set you free. How did he do it? What, what, did, he, what did he say? What, what did he help you experience that you now think and believe something different than, than what you believed before? You know, there's a few things that I want to just highlight here that Jesus can set us free from. Number one is fear. Mark chapter four, verse 35 through 41. Mark chapter four, verse 35 through 41. In this story, Jesus calms the storm. They're on this boat. He's sleeping. He's tired because he's been given. And he's sleeping in the cushion in the back. And then all of a sudden the storm comes and now they're going like this and water's all over the place. And they're like, hey, do you care? We're going to drown. <laughs> he gets up. Says, be quiet. And everything calms down. You know, I love at the end, they're like, who is this guy? <laughs> you know, sometimes... We forget Jesus is in the boat. And when things happen, instead of us stopping to say, okay, you, you saw that? You, 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 did, did you hear that? 
sometimes we can get gripped with fear about our surroundings and our circumstances. And then that takes us way off. You know, some of us may be afraid, am I ever gonna get married? You hear about how I and telling, it's like, hmm, is that gonna happen for me? And we're afraid. I understand, but let's not forget who's in the boat. Is my child going to come to faith? Are they ever going to turn their life around? Is my spouse going to come to a senses? Is he going to turn their life around? Don't forget who's in the boat. Because whether that works out or not, remember who's with you. Jesus can help us overcome fear. John 16, 33, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have what? trouble you're gonna have trouble we're gonna have we got trouble not gonna we got trouble okay now if you're just in denial let me help you out i can help you out because you got some trouble that you're not even aware of but take heart i have overcome the world Love it. Love it. Another thing, unbelief. Another thing that Jesus can set us free from unbelief. Unbelief. What do you mean, unbelief? Mark 9, 17 through 27. I'm going to read this one. A man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought you my son. He actually brought it to his disciples, who's possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Mark 9, verse 20. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground, rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It is often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Jesus says, if you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the father exclaimed, I do help me overcome my unbelief when the crowd saw when jesus saw the crowd was running to the scene he rebuked the impure impure spirit you death the mute spirit he said i command you come out of him and never enter him again the spirit shrieked convulsed him violently came out the boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead but jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up you know, unbelief, unfortunately, is very insidious. Sometimes we can say we believe something, but our actions show we really don't believe. If you tell me that you believe in seatbelts, when you get in your car, you're going to put your seatbelt on, right? But if you get in the car and don't put your seatbelt on, 
all right, I'm not going to be judgmental that time, but he may he just forgot something happened, you know? Man, that happens two, three, four, five more times. You don't believe that seatbelts save lives? No, I, I guess I don't. See, we can, uh, we can deceive ourselves and think, I'm good, and we're not. We're dull, or we're dying inside because unbelief. We haven't seen something happen in a while. Somebody said this to me, man, the church has changed. And I said, oh, yeah, it has. I'm 52 now. I used to be 20-something. And what they were really saying is, yeah, things have changed. People change. I said, you know, yeah, we're different. We're in another world. But Jesus hasn't changed. The Bible hasn't changed. Here's the problem. The people aren't putting it into practice because unbelief. I don't believe I need to do what I did before. I don't need to write down what I read and maybe, you know, understand my quiet time. Well, because, you know, that's kind of what we did. What did you read to? Man, I don't even remember. You know, things that helped you before to believe and then to ultimately obey. You got to do what you did before. You know, people are wide open. What do I mean? People are actually looking for God. I was out with two, a brother, two brothers last night, and this waitress, man, she was awesome. She was, I was like, man, I'm giving her a tip, like a tip. Because she had this spirit about her. And at the end, I'm like, you know what, Aubrey, you, you're really good at your job. So I want to invite you to my church. And she was like, really? Took her little pad out. Now, you know how waitresses, you know, people could be like, yeah, what's the name? Give me the number. And, but there was just something about this girl that was just impressive. And I was like, I got to invite you to our church. And she goes, you know, I actually was talking the other night about going back to church. I haven't been to church in a long, long time. And I just thought, there are people who are looking for God. Or they're looking for answers. They're looking for hope. But guess what? If you are a believer and you're living in unbelief, you're not going to extend invitations because you don't see something. Guys, we can't let unbelief rob us from not just believing, doing what we know to do, but just being affected in a way that stops us from doing what we know to do. Let me talk about one other quick thing. Excuses. John 15, uh, John 5, verse 1 through 9. I'm not going to go through that story, but Jesus here finds out this guy's been in this condition for 38 years. Jesus says, I want to ask you one question. Do you want to get well? And what did he say? Yes, Jesus, heal me. 
No. Well, see, when I try to get into the water, somebody pushes me and you see that ain't fair because there should be equal opportunity for everybody to get in the water and people will not do this and it, right? Guys, sometimes we need to just stop, right? We are good at selling ourselves on, on our good ideas and talking ourselves out of what we know we should be doing. What excuses do you tell yourself for why you don't do what you know to do? Are you, you know, are you thinking about the past, right? Well, when I did that before, this is what happened and I got hurt and I'm not gonna ever be hurt again. So I'm not putting myself in that situation, okay? See, that's not a good excuse. That's not a good way of even thinking. Cause I tell you what, if you had an opportunity to win that dog on Powerball and you got close, you'd be like, mm. One more number. No, but seriously, sometimes we can focus on just the wrong thing. We're focusing on why something can't work instead of seeing what could work. Because you know what? If I focus on what could work, then that means I got to change. And I'm comfortable right where I'm at. Some of us are lying to ourselves. You can help somebody with their marriage, with their character, with their kids, with their finances, with their faith. But you believe in, well, I'm not where I need to be, so I can't. That's a lie. Stop making that excuse. Find out who can I pour some and invest time in. We got a lot of young people here that are in a very crazy world. I mean, I'm learning some stuff and I'm like, what? Non-binary and, and I'm, I'm like, what is that? I had to take a little lesson and, but I gotta learn because I gotta connect with these young people. Okay, you with me? But here's the thing, whether it's fear, whether it's, excuses, whether, whether it's unbelief, Jesus is conqueror of death, of darkness. See, brothers and sisters, we got to toss out our erroneous views and replace them with accurate views. There is nothing that he cannot help us deal with. See, changing our view has to, to do with, again, what, what we believe, what, what we see. And I thought, man, if you're a Christian, I want to encourage you with something right here. This is Kyle Troop. He is a professional bowler for the PBA. And he is right now in the 10th frame, and he has rolled 11 straight strikes. And he's going for 
a perfect gain of 300. Watch what happens. 300. Perfect gain. If you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, I want to read something to you. Hebrews chapter 10. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Hebrews 10, 14. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. You know, in Christ, God sees us the way he sees Jesus. Perfect in Christ. You know, it's so hard to believe that sometimes. <laughs> but that's the reality. If you believe that in God's eyes, this is how he sees you. Holy, perfect. And we know we're not perfect, but in his eyes, just like my son. He's down here being a blessing to other people. He's down here helping people see the darkness and learn how to live in the light. See, Romans 8 says it a different way, 37 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger of the sword, as it is written, for your sake, I face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels or demons, nor present future, any powers, neither height, death, nor anything else in the creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Christ, you are more than a conqueror. That is who you are. And brothers and sisters, we need to lock, we, we need to walk that way. Not arrogantly, because we know, but knowing that's a fact. And what God's given us through his spirit, unbelievable. You're a conqueror, just like your Lord. Let's Live with that spirit and with that attitude. What would happen today or even tomorrow if every last one of us woke up with that mentality? I am going to be a conqueror. I'm sorry. I am a conqueror of darkness. And I'm going to help other people get to know how to conquer darkness through following Jesus. Amen.